Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the December issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, What to Consider When Selecting Replacement Heifers. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the co-authors, Steve Niemeyer, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator, as well as Dr. Casey McCarthy, who's a University of Nebraska-Lincoln cow-calf specialist. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having us. So as we look at the time of year we're in, this is the time of year when many spring calving herds are making some selection decisions as they're looking at their replacement heifers. In this article, you highlight some things that producers may want to consider as they go out and make those selection decisions. Share with us some of the key things you think should be on a producer's list as they evaluate which heifers to keep and they think about how to make those decisions. Well, there's, you know, when we were working with the cow herd and stuff, naturally the there's different ways of doing it. You got your botten cattle, botten heifers, or keep your own replacements. But today we'll kind of visit a little bit about, you know, again, what you can do with your own herd. The replacement heifers are one of the most important groups that we can manage in the cow herd naturally. And so therefore managing our heifers from weaning to breeding will be a very important time for developing females that remain in the herd for years to come. This is a time that allows you to look back through your production records, maybe, and start identifying traits that meet your production goals, uh, evaluate the heifer's age, uh, determining what your development strategy, strategies will be to ensure successful development of your heifers. Some of the things to be considering, you could look at their age, the genetics, the phenotype, and the development considerations of what you're doing. Let's talk a little more about each of those characteristics. Casey, as we think about age and we think about heifers that are going to be the best potential to be good replacements for the cow herd, how does age enter into that? Absolutely. So when you're looking at the the group of heifers that you're evaluating for potential replacements, um, going back and looking through your records, uh, and seeing when those heifers have been born in, in the calving season is really important. There's research um, out of Nebraska um, at US Mark that's shown that heifers who calve in the first 21 days of that calving season um, ultimately have increased longevity and they were are remained in the herd much longer than those heifers that were born later in a calving season. And so when we can identify those heifers that are born earlier and have an idea of um, the more mature heifers um, in your group. Ultimately, when we think about that lifetime longevity of those females, we see more calves that are being produced um, and heavier calves uh, being produced over uh, the first six calves in their lifetime. And so ultimately that results in uh, weaning one extra calf over their lifetime. And so when we can really think about looking at those production records, identifying those early heifers that were calved in, in our, our groups uh, that can really help us set those heifers up for success, um, especially based on the age of those females. So really what we're wanting to do is identify which heifers were born early in the calving season and really make sure that uh, those are potential candidates. And then also those that are later not saying we automatically eliminate those, but just realize that they're going to be at somewhat of a disadvantage to their herd mates that were born early. Is that correct? Absolutely. You know, 
when we, we look at that spread of those females, you know, the females that are born later in the calving season are still potential candidates. Um, but really going back and evaluating what your goals are and looking at those records will really help you select those females throughout that spread of your calving season. Well, let's move on and talk a little more about genetics. And I think when we think about genetics, this is one I appreciate uh, Jim Gosey, who's retired geneticist, was at the University of Nebraska Animal Breeder, talked about, you know, thinking about looking at those cows in your herd, especially those cows that have been productive, been fertile, seven, eight, nine, 10 year old cows, heifers from those sure should have your eye as you think about which heifers to keep. And then of course we bring in the bull side and understanding the maternal genetics that he contributes as well. What are some key things to look at as we think about genetics? Absolutely. You know, the genetic makeup of our herds um, in the U S really have changed. And I think uh, when we think about our production goals and uh, traits that we're selecting for uh, genetics is going to play a, a really big role in this. Um, we we've seen that heifers um, are reaching puberty at younger ages, um, and and we've seen selection for mature body weight change over time as well. And so we see these increases in mature cow weight, um, which ultimately are targeting those larger yearling weights. And so um, there's a little bit of an offset there when we think about increasing cow weights. Uh, but not delaying our puberty. And so we think about selecting for genetics, um, understanding that our females are going to be reaching puberty earlier. Uh, we can manage for that. We can also use that as a selection tool when we get closer to breeding season. Um, and so that's a, a great way to look at it on the cow side. And Aaron, you mentioned looking at it on that bull side. You know, um, when we think about our breeding soundness exams and and getting our bull's scrotal measurements um, done, our scrotal circumference um, actually is moderately correlated with age at puberty in heifers. And so uh, when we see that as that average scrotal size increases, um, our age at puberty decreases in those females. And so um, having that information on our herd sires can really help us make more informed decisions um, with the data that we have um, from our bulls as well as looking at some of those traits we might be considering for genetics. And so um, we, we have ge genetic traits that um, might be looking at calving knees or disposition. Um, we also might be making considerations based on milking ability, uh, maybe udder quality, just for a, a few examples. And so um, understanding what your goals are um, and what traits you're selecting for um, at the end of the day, uh, will really help when you're thinking about some of those maternal traits that you're trying to select for with your replacement heifers. And I think one of the key things here in my mind is really identifying where is the cow herd today in terms of their genetic makeup and what I want it to be. And then based on where we're at, what do I need to select for or change as we look at the heifer side of this equation to go ahead and move that cow towards the target that I want. And, you know, I think, again, it depends on where you're at, depends on your resources what you want to do and accomplish. So a heifer that fits someone's set of resources and genetic goals might look very different in another person's environment. So this is one where you got to think about what's optimum for my operation, what's optimum for the kind of cow herd I want to develop, and then move the targeted females towards that. Absolutely. I think environment is going to play a big role in that. And I think that's a, a very important piece to consider uh, when you're making selection decisions, you know, being able to understand 
how um, heifers are developed in different environments, you know, I think that also ties in with some of our development considerations and making sure that those heifers um, can fit maybe some of those low input forage based systems, um, as well as maybe um, an environment that has a lot of um, inputs um, versus something that is going to to really flourish in a different environment. So understanding some of those and how genetic plays a role in that um, is also something to, to consider. One of the other traits that you list in this is phenotype. Tell us some more about some things we should be looking at with a heifer in terms of her phenotype, her structure. What are the ones that we may want to identify that just say these aren't a fit? Heifers should be selected on structure soundness, of course, uh, be good in health and have good growth potential. Generally, evaluating your production records are helpful in determining growth potential and identifying the calves that are from above average producing cows. Just like the last couple of days, I want to make a comment probably was the, I had a few questions. We were talking more about feet and legs, about the bulls and the cows and stuff and how they can stand up. So that's another very important trait to be looking at, I think. Um, and then I'd like to just comment on the environment would make a big difference also for what you're looking for and what you're after. Now let's talk a little bit about development. And I think this is one where we've seen some recommendations and considerations change over time. You know, I say historically, when we were talking about mature cow weights that were 1,100, 1,200 pound cows, uh, we talked about getting heifers to at least 65% of their mature weight at the time of breeding. As we've seen genetic selection take place over the last 30, 40 years, uh, increased selection for early puberty, and also I would say mature cow size increase on average, we may not get need to get those heifers quite as big as we're thinking about 65% of mature weight as maybe we would have recommended uh, 30, 40 years ago. Now there's some good data if heifers are 55 to 60% of mature weight at the time of breeding and also plain of nutrition, we can still have very acceptable pregnancy rates and those heifers can still go on and be very functional cows. Casey, give some perspective on thinking about replacement heifer development, especially under current feed prices and thinking about how we might use that as we're looking at our development plan from now through the breeding season. Absolutely. Aaron, you make a lot of really uh, good recommendations and, and comments there um, with how some of our development considerations have changed. With the current environment and, and feed prices, um, looking at some of these systems that are often um, developing heifers in lower input, maybe forage-based systems, or um, looking at options maybe to reduce some of that gain during the winter or maybe early stages after weaning can really benefit some of our, our input costs. Um, and then ultimately, really relying on that compensatory growth or increased gain um, in a period leading up to breeding season um, has shown to really be uh, beneficial for our heifer development systems. One thing I also would encourage folks to consider is look at what are those heifers weigh today? What's your target weight in terms of where you think you want them at the start of the breeding season? And then what needs to happen in terms of gain? And so one thing that Dr. Rick Funston talks about, and I think the data would very well support this is we want those heifers on an increasing plane of nutrition. So we might challenge those heifers a little bit now through, say, uh, you know, early spring, 
but then right prior to, and then during the breeding season, we sure want them on an increasing plate of nutrition, meaning we don't want them going backwards nutritionally. And so thinking about that, thinking about your system, thinking about what happens right around the time of breeding, and then what's happening with nutrition after that ration changes, maybe you have them in a dry lot, going to go to pasture. All those things need to be considered, I think, as you think about your development system. So that again, those heifers are not going backwards, especially right after breeding. Yeah, those are great points, Aaron. I think um, understanding what protein and energy supplements you might have to be able to, to help develop those heifers uh, closer to the breeding season will be really important to consider making sure we're hitting those targets. Um, but Dr. Funston has had quite a bit of research looking at targeting some of those lighter body weights um, and, and, and utilizing some of that compensatory growth later towards the breeding season. And so it, it definitely is an option that can be utilized. Anything else on this topic that you think would be valuable for discussion as we point towards wrapping this up? Well, I would think one thing is that, you know, cow herds are different purposes, you know, it depends on what your cow herd is for. Uh, you've got a lot more terminal crosses, uh, cow herds anymore that maybe not make the replacement type of heifers. So make sure you kind of re realize what your goal is in your cow herd. Uh, over the years, there's so many more bulls available, different traits and different purposes of these bulls that you can select through AI and, you know, in bull bred. So you just want to make sure you get the right type of uh, replacement heifers in your cow herd, I think. Yeah, that's a really good point, Steve. And I also think that when we get closer to that breeding season, uh, if producers have questions related to synchronization programs or, or breeding strategies for our females, uh, we have a lot of great resources on our website uh, related to reproductive strategies specific for heifer development programs. And so being able to incorporate some of those uh, strategies and synchronization programs um, can really benefit our um, uniformity within our calf crops and also targeting that earlier calving season um, and getting those females bred earlier in our season, which ultimately, uh, when we think about some of that data in terms of longevity with our females, um, can be really beneficial. And so um, encourage producers and anyone interested in incorporating some of those programs uh, to reach out um, and, and utilize some of those resources we have available on our website. Well, thanks again for joining me today. For more information on the topic discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, there are several resources on replacement heifer development.